And we are live. This is Katie Hunter from MA UK, and I'm here with Mike Gundy. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. No problem, Katie. How are you, how are you doing? You okay? I'm really good, thanks. How are you doing? Good, I'm doing great. I was absolutely delighted when I saw this fight announcement. You've got Lando Venata on a massive card as well, the big pay-per-view card, the Michael Chandler, Oliveira card. Fans are back in. It's going to yeah. be amazing. No, I'm excited for it. And like, it was the icing on the cake, really, when it was on 262. So Lando Venata is a great fight anyway. But yeah. to add it in 262 with, like you said, Nate Diaz and Edwards and um, the main event, Chandler and Oliveira, it's a great card to be on, you know, best card of the year so far. I know we're not far into it, but we're still definitely one of the best of the year. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. And I think, you know, we we spoke just before we went live there about some of the people that Lando Venata's fought and the fact that he he brings bonuses when he when he fights. Yeah. And it's it's just I think it's a great style matchup for you as well though, but but a big name. It just I think it's a really good fight. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a great name to beat, you know. Lando Venata, he, he's debuted. I think he got he fought Tony Ferguson and had a great fight. Fight of the night again, another bonus. I think out to six six fights, he's had like three or four bonuses. So hopefully, he can bring a, a bit of that bonus look to our fight, and you know, we get a bonus and put on a great show for the fans, especially when the fans are back. You know, seventeen thousand people at Texas sold out in minutes, apparently. So I'm just excited to get out there and you know, get me to that cage, and I'll take care of business. You know, just hopefully, you know. No bad luck beforehand, but I'm, I'm thinking positive and, like I said, get me there and I'll, I'll take care of business. I'm going to come on to that spot of bad luck in just a yeah. minute, but I just wanted to, to uh, talk a bit more about that fight and the fact that he's coming down to featherweight for this one. You're welcoming him and him to the featherweight division. I am, yeah. Yeah, so he's obviously been a he's been a lightweight. I don't, I never really looked at him as a big lightweight. He was never really no, too big in the lightweight division. But you know, he's coming down to featherweight, and although he may be closer closer to the featherweight, he's still that weight cut that you've got to do, and it's never easy. So he's doing it for the first time, and you know, maybe he'll take his toll on him as well. Especially the way mm. I fight, I fight at a quite a high pace, so. He's got That's that what well. I was thinking. With you, the way you fight in the third round is the same way you fight in the first round. So if if he has had a bit of a weight cut, it's, it's going to be tough for him, I think. A tough night. Yeah, he'll be feeling it later on, you know, the, 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 the deeper it goes into the rounds, I think he's going to feel it a little bit later on if he's had a decent... Depends how good his weight cut goes. But if it's the first time you're doing it, it, it's, it definitely can have a psychological effect. I've done it so many times, you know. I know my body inside out now. And when you do it, you don't do it with baths or saunas, do you? No, I just obviously nutrition is everything beforehand, and get it get myself as lean as I possibly can, and then closer to the fight, I won't go any saunas or baths. I'll just do it. I'll just train it all off. Um, how how long does that take? I don't. I mean, I'll have to do like you know the Thursday night before we we weigh in on a Friday morning. I'll have to do an hour and a half then. And then maybe I'll have some left for the morning. But usually I'm I'm done Thursday night and ready for Saturday, Friday morning to weigh in. So I do do it pretty well. But I think it's just because I professionally am beforehand with my diet and my training. And and then, you know, I think it's just the mental battle really that you've got to deal with in the weight cut. You know, you've just got to be mentally tough and mentally strong. And I think I've got that, especially through all my wrestling wrestling times. I've cut weight as well. So yeah, all the experience from that. Too. 
you really are the consummate professional like the the one thing i admire about you the most is your work ethic and just how professional you are and like you say about your nutrition being on point and you just look like you're always working towards your goal like whether you've got a fight booked whether you haven't you're just like got that mindset yeah, I have got tunnel vision a bit, you know. I do live the life of the of a fighter, you know, um, inside and outside of training. You know, even when I'm not training or I'm, I'm, I'm also coaching, you know, I coach kids and I coach my son. So I do live the life, you know, I never, I never kind of switch off from it, I suppose. I'll switch off when I retire. I'll switch off when my goals are done. <laughs> That's the way I think. Yeah, and I love that you coach kids because you are a, such a good role model and that work ethic is so important to instill in them. It is, yeah, and not just in, in sport, in anything in life, you know what I mean? So whatever you if you work hard for whatever you want to do, then, you know, it's it's going to come to you eventually, whether it's in a job you want to do or whatever, you know, it's in. It, that's the way what I instill into them is, um, you know, it, it works in life too. Yeah. We've got a question come through from for you from the fake Mancunian. He said he loves watching your fights. Is there anywhere in the world that you haven't fought yet, but would love to put it on the list? Yeah, I want to fight in. I want to fight in Vegas, and I want you know in in a, in a packed out arena because that was the first place that I um, I cornered Paul Sass. I cornered Paul Sass in Las Vegas, the MGM Arena, and I just remember walking out. I was just an amateur fighter then myself. And I remember yeah. walking out and the stadium was full, you know, it was a massive car and it was like shivers down my spine straight away. I thought, wow, I want to be here. So that's the place that I always remember. So I do want to fight in Vegas in, in the full arena. That seems very achievable. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does now. Yeah. Back then it was like, could I do it? I could not. But yeah, you know, I've, got, I've got to that level now and I'm sure one day it's going to happen. You fought in Japan as well. What was that like? Japan was strange. I mean, there was fans there, you know, that it was Shuto, which is a decent show over there. Yeah. And it was the Tokyo Arena, so it was a big arena. And, but it was just, the fans don't shout, they don't scream, they don't do anything. You know, like in UK, it's like knock his head off, you know, swearing yeah. and shouting and screaming. But in, in, in Tokyo... That's their sign of respect, like, isn't it? Yeah, they just, they, but they appreciate every aspect of mixed martial arts. You know, I'd pass his guard or I'd get a... I do a good double leg, you know, which not many people f fully cheer for over here. Um, <laughs> they clap, you know, they clap and they'd, they'd appreciate it. So they're, they're good fans and they're very respectful too. Yeah, I think that must be an amazing place to fight. Yeah, it was. Um, so we we spoke about your, your spot of <laughs> bad luck earlier. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you must be gagging to get back in there. But, like, your UFC career couldn't have got off to a better start because you you finished Nad Naramani, who everyone knows is such a tough and, and durable guy. And that was back in uh, UFC London in 2019. Yeah, that's right. I think um, it, was, it was superb. And I was there in the stands and it was just such an exceptional debut um and then you've just had such a <laughs> tough time since. were you injured straight you had a fight book that fell through after that was that from injury the first one so yeah i beat nad in 2019 then it was yeah so i think it was like june july they tried to book me in china against movsa evloev 
and yeah. I, was, I was supposed to be booked with him first time and yeah i got i broke my rib and then i recovered from that and then they tried to put us in march 2020 against Macwan. yeah and then the and i was COVID so looking was, forward to that fight that was a great fight, <laughs> that, that was a great fight as well so and that, to only find free. out that was fell, fell through the sunday before the fight that being the yeah. following Saturday, didn't it? Like yeah. that must have just been devastating. Yeah, it was. I mean, no one knew what was happening then. It was the pandemic was just kind of starting, wasn't it? You know, March twenty twenty, and it was um, it was a weird time. You know, I was like, cut, I was still cutting weight, and I was still actually eating well for a few days after that, thinking, oh well, they could just, you know, maybe it could come, maybe they could put the show back on, or maybe they could put me in Vegas or something like that. It was never going to happen, but it was just me wishful thinking, but. I was still going wait a few days later. <laughs> well, I know Darren Stewart fought on the Cage Warriors card. Yeah, he did, the, yeah. The, and, and fought someone from a different weight class. And, like, it was all, all over the place. And I know, you know, it's just I can't imagine what a head wreck it is for, for not just it to fall out, but, like, fall out at that last minute and for such a weird reason at the time. Yeah, it was just brand new for everyone, wasn't it? You know, it was fresh. It was... No one knew what was going on, you know. No one knew whether it was going to get paid for the show. No one knew whether it was going to fight or where it was going to fight or whatever. If you maybe had a, a visa for America, you could possibly fight in Vegas at the Apex. But it was up in the air, and you just didn't know what was going on for for a while. And then obviously, you know, I got booked again on yeah. Fight Island against Movsa. And then you know that that was that was my last first loss in five years, I think it was. So it was a, how how. I mean that that fight was incredible. I thought you had that dash choke. I thought I? that was <laughs> done. Um, and then you had that horrible injury. And that's I go back to just your your work ethic and your determination. How you got through that fight with that injury and to keep going for the the takedowns and the positions that just must have been hitting against your jaw. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was tough. I mean. The more thing that affected me was my vision, but I actually look back on that fight and the way um, the way I actually did my jaw was I broke it when I it looks like when I shot in for a leg attack because yeah. after the first minute I could see the dint inside of my face when I was in, in half guard with him, so I, I realised that I'd done it earlier and then maybe that he caught me with a right hand that finished it off, and that was when my vision went really when he when he caught me with a decent right hand. And um, that was the problem, really. It wasn't the pain of my jaw. I knew I'd done it. I knew I'd done it, you know, when I, like, um, when he caught me with the shot. But um, it was mainly the, the vision that was the problem. It was like someone just blurry in front of me all the way through. Like, if, if you watch back the fight, after the first round, I just stand in, after the round, the, the bell goes, I just stand in the middle of the cage because I don't know where my corner is. My oh, coach God. comes and gets me in the cup, man. So um, that's, that's, it was my vision, really, that was the problem. But, like, no excuses, you know, I don't want to make excuses. He, um, it, that was the changing point in the fight, but, you know, he was a great fighter and he's doing he's doing well now as well too, so, you know, good luck to him. He he is doing well and he he's one of the UFC's top prospects in your division, but I, I still think to, to get through that fight and not even just to get through it, it wasn't like you, you were going for the win, like, yeah. till the final bell rang. Like, you just... I, you can't, it sounds like a cliche to say you can't teach heart, but cliches are a cliche for a reason. <laughs> yeah, you won't see me give up um, in a fight, you know. Like I said, I didn't even, I didn't even tell my coach because 
in you know between the rounds because you know obviously other people's watching and stuff and you think you don't want them thinking oh he's saying this in case he loses you know what i mean i don't want people saying that so i just didn't say anything and just kept it to myself and cracked on really oh it was i i still think there's a lot of positives to take away from that fight even though it probably doesn't feel like it when you're getting surgery done and <laughs> you've picked up a loss i had surgery a couple of weeks after i got back so but yeah it all went well i'm, I'm recovered now and i feel great i've took some shots on it off darren till and you know he's definitely tested it a few times i'm sure he goes easy on you <laughs> Never easy. <laughs> and then I'm sure you were itching to get straight back in after that. Like like you said, you hadn't lost for such a long time. And was it a nine-fight win streak you were on? Like, yeah. I'm sure you were desperate to get back in. And then that's when the Nick Lentz fight got announced. And yeah. I was thinking, oh, a big name. Again, like a good matchup for you. And then I don't think... It, it wasn't you that had COVID, was it? It was one of you had COVID and, and you weren't allowed to travel. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say it was, but yeah, one of the team had, had COVID and, you know, I was basically, we get to London and we get our test. When you go to Abu Dhabi, you get your test just before you have to quarantine in your room on your own. And um, I got my results back at like, later on in that night, same night we had the test. And um, I thought, oh, everyone will be okay and whatever. And then in the morning, I had like missed calls from the UFC staff and, and my coach and stuff like that. And I found out the news. It was just, um, you know, it, it just uh, it brought me out because obviously so much time and effort goes into camps. But not only that, it was, it was the other setbacks that I had before that as well. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, it wasn't nice to hear that I wasn't going to be fighting. And then just... to top it off, I mean, because my wife was pregnant at the time, obviously I'd been near the person that, that had COVID. I come back and I couldn't come home. I had to book a in a hotel close by for another four or five days um, until to make sure I didn't have anything, you know, because obviously I don't want to give my pregnant wife any, any kind of infection. So uh, that's what I had to do then as well. It's, it's, I just feel like it adds in a sport where it's such an emotional roller coaster anyway, and there's, there's so much that can happen to make a fight fall out. This has just added another layer of heartbreak and another that you literally do not know that you're going to definitely fight until you're both in the cage with the door shut. But yeah, funny enough, I'm excited for that moment to just be punching somebody in the face in the cage, you know? Yeah. Well, I think a few weeks back there was somebody in the UFC cage and then their opponent couldn't come out because... Like... Yeah, I, seen that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's first time I've seen that. Is it Pen Lewis Penner, Penner, something like that? It was <laughs> Turn up. Yeah, that was... That You'd was like cool. to think by the time you're in the cage that the fight's going to happen, wouldn't you? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's in a worse situation than I was, I think. <laughs> just a nightmare, just a nightmare. But... This one, and and actually for that one, you still made weight, didn't you? You did a Tony Ferguson. I was joking. Uh, a few people got onto it, though, but basically I just said not only Tony Ferguson can make weight when he's not actually fighting, and then the second picture, which some people didn't scroll across, I had some kettlebells in my foot on the scales. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking around to people, see what they thought, but a couple of media put out, put out the article as well. <laughs> right. 
I didn't. I just left them to it, but I didn't actually make weight. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it is putting your body through like kind of undue stress, <laughs> if, especially if you're not going to get paid for it, it. It seems a little bit mental. But like I said, you've got that mindset, so I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> but no, I won't make weight unless I really have to. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, this this one this one I'm I've got a good feeling I'm confident it's definitely gonna <laughs> go ahead no hitches and when when do you fly out what's the timeline so the fight's the fifteenth of May what does the end of camp look like and when are you off so it looks like I'll be leaving on the eighth of May to get over there because I've got to get some medicals done you can't get the you got to get the medicals done in in um, in USA, you can't get right. into when you're fighting Texas. So I've got to get medicals done first, and then obviously I want to fight week straight away. Then, but camp's looking good so far. You know, um, you know we've had some hard rounds. Obviously, Till was fighting uh, a five-round fight, so we've been doing X amount of rounds, same as what he would do for a five-round fight. So I'm definitely in shape and, and ready. You know, heartbreak for him with his injury. It was, and he was training so hard. You know, and it's just a shame, but um, he was he was in great condition and, like I say, uh, one of the hardest I've ever seen him train. So you'll see, you're still still going to see great things from Till as you always do. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get back in the cage as well. But yeah, camp camp's uh, going great, and like I say, I'm obviously watching what I'm doing. I don't want any injuries now, you know, no hiccups along the way. So I'm training smart. And you became a dad again this year. Uh, are you getting enough sleep? <laughs> yeah, my, my, my wife's really good, to be honest. She's um, she's up every night. And I, I don't actually wake up at all when when he, when she wakes up. I just wake up and there's like six bottles around me and uh, apparently she's been up all night, so <laughs> letting me stay asleep. Shout out to her, <laughs> legend. Yes, yeah. yeah, she's doing well. Uh, Stoneboy wants to know what, if anything, you've had to change uh, in your camp due to lockdown. Um, so, I mean, usually I'd be in Liverpool training in the morning and in the evening as well. So I'd travel to Liverpool, come home and then travel back. Um, but this time we've only got the morning sessions on for the professionals. So I'll only travel there in the morning and then at night time I'll do my own training sessions. So... That's that's the only kind of thing we've really had to change, really. I mean, yeah. And so we're quite lucky, really. And I've got my own gym here in Wigan, so I can go and open that and train whenever I want. So is it the same type of training that you're doing in the evening that you would have been doing at Calbon? The evenings I'll just do my strength and conditioning and my um, my circuits and stuff. But I've also got my son, who's similar kind of weight to me. He's He's also fought since he was four year old, so he understands the techniques and he understands he can actually fight very good. So um, I, I train with him regular too. But my my main morning my morning sessions is my main sessions, and that you know our coach understands that we, we he puts he makes it longer and harder in the mornings now because he knows we're not in as much at the night time. Mm. Kids like your son actually make me so excited for the future of MMA because he's been training all of it from such a young age with such a great coach like it's just scary how good these kids are going to be it is very scary i mean the next generation that's coming through is going to be unreal i mean like you said they've been 
they've been started like my my lad Jack. He started wrestling at four, and he's so he's been wrestling twelve years now. You know, <laughs> that so is I, terrifying. Yeah, so he's been wrestling twelve years now. He's like already eight or nine times national champion. He's been doing jujitsu and Thai boxing and boxing since he was ten. So he's he's got a lot of experience, more experience than some professionals. So the next generation that's coming through is going to be uh, something special. So when will he be making his MMA debut? I mean, he's done like um, inter-club type things and he's been on lower level shows where it's still amateur C-class and stuff, body shots. But yeah. He'll probably, he'll, he'll probably do like an amateur fight this year, hopefully before the end of the year. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to him doing that. He's He's been training with me in Liverpool with the professionals during lockdown as well. Because he's big enough and old enough, he can handle himself with the, with the amateurs and the professionals, really. So... He's um he's gonna do well. Jesus, he's gonna be scary. <laughs> I can't wait to look out for him. And one final question I wanted to ask you uh, before you go, Mike. You you put on your Instagram about possibly competing at the Commonwealth Games again next year. Is that something you're seriously thinking about? Yeah, I mean that was just a bit of a teaser, really. But I'll just see what see what happens, you know, when it comes closer to the time and stuff. But I mean, I've done two Commonwealth Games now myself and the other one's local. You know, it's only in Birmingham. Maybe we'll see what happens. Just rock up and see how it goes. <laughs> Just go to the trials. I mean, last time I went to the 2014 Commonwealth Games, I actually hadn't, I hadn't wrestled for three years. And then I come to the trials and I won the trials, won the national championships and they sent me. So, I mean, I don't know if they'll let me do that again, but we'll see what happens with that. Amazing. Well, I honestly, I'm so buzzing for your fight. I feel like, especially after the Nick Lentz fight fell through, I was really thinking that's that big name that you deserve. And I'm really glad that you got another big name. And I, I think it's going to be a great fight for you. And I can't wait for you to go and do us proud again, Mike. We're, we're all 100% behind you. Very much, Katie. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. Take care of yourself. Wrap yourself in bubble wrap and cotton wool and isolate and <laughs> get to that cage. <laughs> get to that cage. No worries. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Thanks.